Thank you for joining us today. This is 15 Minutes to Impact, the podcast that gets right to the point on association marketing. I'm John Sample, Senior Relationship Director at Marketing General. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Adina Wasserman, who leads the research team at MGI. Many of you are familiar with Adina's work, even if you haven't done a research project with MGI. Adina leads our annual membership marketing benchmarking research each year. Her work is quoted often in both industry publications and in association boardrooms. She's an expert in not just research generally, but association research specifically. Thanks for joining me today, Adina. Thank you, John. I'm happy to be here. Great. It's good to talk to you. Uh, I feel like I start every podcast with this, uh, this disclaimer, in these unprecedented times, what do you say to association leaders who may be hesitant about doing research? That's actually an interesting question and not one that I haven't heard before. Um, I think associations can be hesitant about research for several different reasons. The first of which that I hear is that associations, when feeling the pinch of a recession, are worried about spending money. And I can understand that. Sure. Um, oftentimes, they feel like luxury is a research. But what I tell them and try to explain to them is that research, especially in times of economic difficulties, shouldn't be seen as a luxury, but as a necessity. We saw a lot of this behavior back in 2008 with the Great Recession, and my advice was exactly the same. Another reason associations might be hesitant in wanting to do research, and I can understand this, is that they don't want to appear tone deaf by sending out membership surveys during a time when people are worried about other issues. And we've had several clients that have been in the process of doing research and have postponed it in um, one stage or another because of this worry. But what I have to say to that is that the objectives that you focus on in the research can be current, understanding how people are feeling, finding out how an industry itself is faring, trying to decipher the novel challenges people are facing in their new work environments. If you focus your objectives in these ways, then the, not, the, the research itself won't come off as tone deaf. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Again, so it, it's really just maybe sticking with the original objectives and nuancing uh, the research a little bit to respond to the current environment. Exactly. Well, that's great. So if an association is interested in conducting research, what's the best way to approach it? That's a great question, too. I think associations really want to look at defining what their objectives are through the lens of what can we do to help? Yes. So there are several, I guess, suggestions I might have on on that end. Pulse surveys, which really just can be defined as short surveys that are meant to measure the pulse of the membership are a great way to gather information on how people are feeling in this new work environment, in this economic environment. Um, What are they facing right now? What has their work situation been like? Really understanding what it is that they're going through to help an association understand how they can help. And to that end, 
focus the survey on finding out exactly what people need. How can the association be of assistance? Do they need information on job assistance and job placement? We've heard of a lot of people who've been on furlough, who've been laid off. What can the association do to help them with that? Um, do they need additional training to maintain their skills? Do they need information on how to stay relevant um, during this, this unprecedented time? Do they need assistance or strategies for maintaining their business? Um, these are things that an association can work on that will help their members overall. A survey can also focus on what their members' pain points are. Are they struggling with income issues? Are they struggling in adapting to remote work environments? Um, are they struggling with isolation issues? These are things that are new to people working in remote environments. Some people might be um, disconnected from friends and family and have issues in isolation. Is there a way that an association can help with those sort of issues? Right, yes. Focus um, a survey on understanding how they can increase loyalty of their members. And I don't want to say this in a self-serving manner, but looking at a member's, the member's pain points, looking at what people need, looking at how the association can be of assistance, those are the things that build member loyalty. The more an association is considered a necessity, an indispensable resource, so to speak, the strong perceived value that there is, the stronger the loyal connection is between the member and the association. We've also seen in a lot of our research that as value and the perceived value of a membership increases, the cost of the membership becomes less of an issue. So really focusing some of those issues on how the membership and how the association can help its members now will go a long way in building that, that sense of loyalty toward the association. Another thing I think um, we should point is, is finding out what is and isn't working with uh, the members. So not just what do they need, but um, what is and isn't working. In a lot of our typical research, we focus on value and indispensability of the association. One of the things that we found out is that members often consider sharing of best practices to be one of the most valuable aspects of belonging to any association. So can an association help in finding novel ways that members can share best practices? Um, these are things that I think people would appreciate, especially in these new and novel work environments that we're that we're all living in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what can associations do to not only help their members, that's what you were focusing on, but, but that information could help the association itself also, right? Right, absolutely. And that's a really good question because um, as much as the individual members might be feeling, um, you know, 
pressure or pain from their own situation, the associations themselves are struggling as well. Um, you know, we've seen, it, it's actually interesting because some of the associations that we work with have seen a huge increase yes. in membership over the last month or two, more so uh, than they typically would at the same time in previous years. And a lot of it has to do with members trying to reconnect because they need more information. While other associations that we work with are struggling more than usual. So I think a lot of it has to do with the industry or the vertical that they represent. But one of the things I think um, we really would see is that, or I really would say is that this is a great time for associations to be innovative. Yes. One of the questions that we ask in the membership marketing benchmarking report, which um, you mentioned earlier in your introduction. Yep. One of the questions that we ask uh, just recently over the past couple years is how innovative do you consider your association? And it's interesting because of the more than 700 associations that answer the question, only 18% of associations currently have a process in place for innovation and new ideas. More than half, 54%, don't have any process at all in place for innovation and new ideas. So I would think that those associations that feel they have these processes in place might be more adept or able at this point to work on innovative ideas to really help their members in these changing and unprecedented times. I mean, with the new world reality that we're living in, associations have to be able to adapt to meet the novel challenges that members are facing, right? Yes, absolutely. So what are some of the new and innovative ideas that your association can do to get members more engaged? How can an association be innovative with benefits and services that fit that new normal that we're all living? Um, can your association offer a COVID-19 discount right. or offer bulk webinar packages? Um, I think promoting online communities is a great way, number one, to share best practices, share ideas, and also help people with isolation issues, you know, really bringing those people together. Um, so the association might need to focus on innovative ways to promote um, currently offered benefits or redefine um, some of the ideas that they've had so that they can get them out there to really connect with, with their members. Great points. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up also is that um, I, I think it's, it's interesting because a year ago, I, yeah, just about a year ago, we right. actually did another study looking at uh, economic planning for associations. And we wanted to know how many associations were actually planning, prepared, uh, ready for 
an economic um, recession. And like I said, this was before everything happened with uh, the coronavirus and the economy shutting down. But back then, we asked them, you know, what do you think is um, the chance of there being an economic recession within the next 12 months? So from last summer to this summer, okay? So the next 12 months, this coming summer. And when asked, 56% of associations felt that there was a better than average chance that we would have an economic recession within that time period. And, you know, there were economic indicators um, that were being displayed in the news uh, as to whether or not there would be an economic recession. And then, unfortunately, I, I think that this pandemic obviously sped things up to a much larger Absolutely. extent. Absolutely. Accelerated everything. <laughs> exactly. But I found it surprising that more than half of the associations questioned actually felt that there was a better than average chance that, coming, that we would right? have, exactly that it was going to happen regardless. Now what's even more striking is that only 38% of associations have a contingency plan in place. Wow. So you can see the discrepancy there is that, yeah, we really felt like it was going to happen, but we're not really sure what to do about it. So I think that's something to think about because even if the COVID stuff, the COVID-19 stuff hadn't happened, a lot of associations felt that an economic recession was on the horizon and there might have been other ways that they could have planned for it. Um, for looking at, you know, just their overall budgets. How much are their budgets based on annual meetings? How much is it dependent upon membership dues? Are there additional ways to add revenue streams that can help fill up their coffers in case, like the coronavirus, there's a huge blow to those main revenue arteries? Right. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to think that associations, they can be innovative, but they can also plan um, and have backup plans in place. Well, that's, that's interesting. So just in the few minutes that we have left, what other recommendations would you make when conducting research or thinking about research? I think one of the main things I would recommend, and, and this really goes for any research, not just research in the COVID-19 era, but um, for any research, is, is make the research useful. Um, you can create a large report and use it as a coffee table book, but if it's yeah. not something <laughs> that you're going to go back to um, for information, if it's not something that you're going to refer to, for making um, decisions, then it's not necessarily a useful product. And that's one of the things that I think is um, most important when we're looking at at doing research. For those of us at MGI who work with you, we hear that all the time. Make it actionable. Make make it it actionable. You you bang it into our heads. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
exactly. You know, I had one client who who we did a, a large report for them and she used to carry it around with her, you know, from meeting to meeting and yes. look up things that um, were specific to issues they were discussing in the meetings and say, well, you might think that, but this is what the data shows. Um, so, you know, I could give you some examples, you know, if you need help with messaging, we've, we've done research recently for a certifying organization to help them message differently to increase the diversity of their certificates, um, because that's one of the challenges that they were facing. Um, we've done several things that help associations redefine their membership models um, and provide concrete evidence, you know, to show their board of directors saying, this is what the members want, or this is what is resonating more strongly, so that they can come to the board of directors and say, this is what we need to do, and here's the information to back it up. You know, another thing is um, branding your association. You want the association to be thought of as a thought leader, as an association that is cutting edge, that's on the cusp of hot button issues for a particular vertical or particular industry. Um, we have specific surveys that focus on a particular issue in an industry that associations have then created press conferences from or press releases from. Right. Um, they take that information, it gets picked up in various publications, and their name gets out there. Their name recognition increases. And the perception of the association itself increases greatly. Um, we have also done uh, research that helps associations update their policies, um, their bylaws, which is, is actually sort of new for us, but it's really interesting because we've heard a lot, uh, for example, about sexual harassment in the news over the last few years and associations need to understand the depth, the breadth, um, the frequency, the extent of this type of behavior that might be going on during their meetings, during their conferences, and then how to deal with it. So we've done research on that level as well. Um, to really try to help the association shape uh, different policies. But I think um, getting back to that original question, you know, what would you recommend when conducting research is that I think at the, at the very basic level, an association really should understand what their objectives are, define what their questions are, and conduct research that will help them answer the questions so that they can make well-informed decisions that are based on evidence and not just anecdotes. Well, that's great, up. Adina. That's, that, that's great advice. And uh, you and your team are so good at working with associations to help them understand how to ask questions and how to get you know, uh, answers and feedback that is actionable. And I know that you're uh, very generous with your time and willing to talk to people 
about uh, questions that they have uh, regarding research. And Absolutely. you can certainly contact us at MGI and we would love to set up a conversation. But thank you so much for your time today. Oh, John, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Well, that's another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and we look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you.